And with that, I, I have to start talking. I remember the show format uh, like it was yesterday. one 408 7669 We'll take your calls in 12 minutes. But first, it's my privilege to bring in Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who spent decades in the military. He went to Congress, and now he's helping our country out as CEO of the National Center for Policy Analysis. Colonel, I understand and I fully agree. I'm fired up on the fact that we're cutting tens of thousands out of our Army at a time in which Europe is basically cutting their military budget. We got China, North Korea, Russia, and the whole entire Middle East on fire, and we're cutting back? Whose decision is that? Well, obviously that decision, and it's good to be with you, Brian, that decision comes from the commander-in-chief, and I think it was pretty uh, shameful that he did not make that announcement when he could have had the opportunity at the Pentagon press conference, and it uh, came out during the hearing uh, with uh, uh Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Dempsey. But think about the message that that sends right now. If I'm Iran and we're going through these the kabuki dance of these nuclear negotiations, we don't seem to have a, a credible military uh, threat or an advantage. And so that is something that they understand is strength and might. And so they believe that they have the upper hand. When you think about what is going on with Vladimir Putin and the fact that he called President Obama on the 4th of July at the same time while Russian bombers were flying uh, just outside out of our international airspace and waters along the coast of uh, California, Alaska. This is a horrible message to send, as you say, when the despots, theocrats, autocrats, and dictators of the world are looking at uh, an advantage and a gain uh, and an upper hand against us. And how are we going to defeat ISIS and you know degrade and destroy them if uh, we are cutting back on our military capability and capacity? Well, I want you to hear, this is not just uh, Colonel Allen West, who's a Republican, being upset with a Democratic president. Here's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, handpicked by the president, Martin Dempsey, Cut 27. I've said before that the global security environment is as uncertain as I've ever seen it. The world is rapidly changing everywhere, and we're seeing significant shifts in an already complex strategic landscape. ISIL is one of many concerns. As the chairman mentioned, we're contending with Russia's revanchism in Eastern Europe, China's assertiveness in the South China Sea, Iran's malign activities in the Middle East, technical advancements by North Korea, rising aggression of non-state networks, and a rapidly leveling playing field in cyber and in space. While our potential adversaries grow stronger, many of our allies are becoming increasingly dependent on the United States and on our assistance, and some of our comparative military advantages have begun to erode. Okay, now feel better about yourself, should we? This is the guy who's in control of that or could recommend policy changes to change that or say, take my stars and bars. I'm going somewhere else. Instead, he makes that statement and says, I'm retiring in two months. Thanks, General. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that we don't have the MacArthur's, that we don't have the Patton's, uh, we don't have the Halsey's, we don't have the uh, the chesty pullers that, you know, those real resolute leaders that the United States military has, has produced in, in the past. And this is one of those things where you have to push back on because, you know, how have we gone from Ronald Reagan's peace through strength mantra and maxim to where we are today, where we have a president that stands up and says, you know, uh, at the briefing at the Pentagon that, 
ideologies are not defeated by bullets. Well, how do we defeat Nazism? How do we defeat fascism? How do we defeat Japanese imperialism? And truthfully, how do we defeat uh, communism? Because we had a, a powerful and resolute military that forced the Soviet Union to collapse. Let me let me put this in a comparative analysis. We are at um, pre-World War II levels as, as far as our United States Army when we go down to 450,000. Our United States Marine Corps is at World War I levels. This is unconscionable at, at this, such a critical time. And the force that we have in Europe on the ground right now, one is an airborne brigade in Italy, which is a light infantry force, and the other one is a light cavalry force, the second armored cavalry. And a lot of people don't realize that the main armament on the striker vehicles of this light armored cavalry unit is a 12.7 millimeter machine gun. Now, that's it. And so we are having to retrofit all 81 of those strikers with 30 millimeter cannons, which still does not give you a comparative analysis, a comparative advantage against main uh, battle tanks and uh, armored, uh, mechanized armored uh, formations, which is what Vladimir Putin is using in uh, the Ukraine. All right. Now I want to bring you to something else. I'm going to bring Dempsey back into this because I think I am outraged that we're to this point given up so much already if the reports are correct in the Iranian negotiations. I don't believe they're at an impasse. I think it's all window dressing to make both sides look like they're holding the line or demanding more when they're not. There's no way the P5 plus one and the Iranians would get to this point and walk away, especially the Iranians who are already envisioning life without sanctions. By the way, keep this in mind. James Clapper said the number one terror threat in the world is Iran. And then General Dempsey said this yesterday, cut 29. General Dempsey, uh, you served three different tours in or associated with Iraq. How many American soldiers died at the hands of Iranian militias or explosively formed projectiles during your command? Yeah, I, I recently heard the, both the chief staff of the Army uh, and the current CENTCOM commander um, put that number at about 500. Yeah, put the number at about 500, and we're going to cut a deal with them. And yet we're going to leave four Americans held captive, and we're going to allow them to use that money to fund Hezbollah, to thwart our efforts in Iraq, and to continue to leave, leave Yemen in, in a, in, with a government that's hostile to us. It just defies logic. Well, it totally defies logic, and you're absolutely correct. It, it explosive force penetrators that uh, really created an incredible EFPs. level of damage. EFPs, the explosive force penetrators against our forces in Iraq and Afghanistan, came from Iran. But again, Brian, go back and think, you know, from 1979, from when the Iranians took our hostages, and since we allowed the Ayatollahs to, to come back and be in power to today, what has changed about Iranian behavior? 1983, when they... Uh, the Hezbollah blew up the, Be the Beirut barracks where 234 Marines, sailors, and soldiers lost their lives. Iran was behind that. The uh, Achille Lara, where uh, Leon Klinghoffer was, you know, thrown off of that ship, you know, off of out of a wheelchair. Iran was behind that. So, what is it that makes us believe that anything is different about the Iranians? It, it, there is nothing. And again, when you look at what we're doing, decimating our military strength and capacity and capability, uh, they see weakness and. So so they are operating from a position of strength. Colonels, uh, a big story in the front page of the New York Times today. The Ukrainians are tired of waiting for weapons from us. They've accepted three Islamic brigades from Chechnya to help defend their border against Russia. The theory being they hate Russia, too, so let's be together. I know that'll boomerang, but that shows how desperate the situation is with our ally. 
You're absolutely right. It's that maxim, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And uh, it's uh, it's sad that we have forced the Ukrainians into that very, very despicable alliance, which, as you say, will come back and hurt them and harm them uh, as well. But, you know, this is this is the desperation that we're pushing people into. Look at Egypt. Look at General al-Sisi, well, President al-Sisi now, and he is fighting against ISIS-backed, uh, you know, Islamist formations in the Sinai. We're not seeing any assistance to, to Egypt. Look at Jordan and what they're trying to do in beating back Jabhat al-Nusra and also ISIS. They're not getting any assistance. We now know, and there have been reports, that the Gulf Cooperation Council is going to bypass Baghdad and bypass the United States and start helping and arming the Kurds because the United States of America is not doing it. So this is an upside-down world. And uh, we're trying to make sense of it. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, thanks so much pleasure, man. All right. Always great to talk to you. one 866 Hillary's non-answers. The illegal immigration debate is actually coming Donald Trump's direction. And do you believe as though the heat is getting so bad that Donald will be forced to jump out? I don't see that. I think it is worse than he thought, but I actually think he's going to double down now. I think there's a part of him who's really intrigued by this, was waiting for another challenge in his life, and man, does he have one, and ISIS. We're going to have to fight them with a smaller army, smaller air force, and without any gumption or plan that I can see. Confident? I'm not. This is Kill Meet and Friends.